something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Hello, the internet it's me, Business Cat. Hey, how you been? How you, how's your how's your week? You having a good time? It's it's interesting out there. There's a you know there's superconductors that people are talking about. There's a there's indictments against ex presidents. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's a crazy interesting time to be alive, folks. So thank you. Thanks for tuning in, finding your way back. If you like our content and would like to support the show, listen using an app like Fountain FM or. Uh, you know, any any podcasting 2.0 enabled app, really. Stream us, that's why you listen. If you're a Bitcoin miner and you're feeling generous, you can contribute a bit of your hash power to us using any Lincoin stratum address and uh, our show's username, Rock Paper Bitcoin, appended with whatever username you want to put on the end of it. The uh, connection details are in the show notes. Since our last show, we had hash power contributed to us by an entity called The Big Turd. Dude, you are a bad motherfucker. Thank you so much for your contributions. We love you. We're sending good vibes your way, brother. And finally, dear listener, thank you so much for listening. We we really, really appreciate it, and it means a lot to us. Let's get into it. Into your life it will creep. It starts when you're always afraid. What's going on? Not a lot, man. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Back from vacation. Back into the. Back into the grind of life. Um, I hear that you are putting together. Uh, you're, you're taking the lead to do the administrative work to be the meetup leader in your area. Correct. Um, I'm fine. I think I'm okay doxing it, right? I mean, it's, it's up to you how, how specific you want to be. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just like we're in the central Pennsylvania area, like Harrisburg area for us, and you're uh, you're east of us. But you, I'm yeah, east. You, I'm east. I'm in between Central PA and Philly, and um, I really I've been wanting to have a meetup in my town for a long time. I'm a meetup maximalist for sure, especially in PA. So oh, I, yeah. right. I lo- I mean, you know, you and I met. I drove out to your meetup. You know, that's a 90-minute drive, um, probably. That's no small investment of time, both directions. And based on your your future plans, it's going to creep to a 100, 105-minute drive. Because <laughs> you've, been, you've been generously uh, somehow hosting it fairly closer to me. But we're, you know, uh, so, but I love, you know, I love that meetup. I love the Lancaster meetup, which I went to on Thursday. Um, love the Bitcoin John. I mean, and then have to give props to the OG original meetup for me, which was just, I just call it, we call it the Philly Bitcoin meetup. And, um, right. Okay. Yeah. That was my first meetup I ever went to where, I mean, I guess there are people who have stories about the first time they used a certain drug, you know, and they're like, Oh shit, this is so like amazing. I don't know if I can imagine life without this. That's how it was with that first meetup. Like that first meetup I went to was I was driving my wife crazy because she was the only one I had to bounce my ideas off of. And she's like, can you just make a friend for fuck's sake? Like, Man, can you my just wife like, can identify with that. 
and then I remember going to this Philly meetup, not knowing what to expect. And it was like May of uh, 2022. And I kind of just recently gotten into Bitcoin, but I had all these ideas and it was just the best. You know, it really was the best. And I realized these meetups were great. So I have wanted to set up a meetup in my area. One thing, um, I love my town that I live in, but I want energy. I want that Bitcoin energy in this town. Um, And there's also, there's people who live in my town who I know are Bitcoin. Like I've maybe met them once or twice at a Philly meetup, but like they don't go to anything outside like they're just either too busy or they can't see themselves traveling to a to a meetup Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of people that would actually you know several and so having a meetup in the town where people can walk to it is um you know that's a really good point pretty conducive uh, and then the other yeah sorry go ahead the, yeah, like we have a couple of people in the area here that are, I mean, kind of, I, I think of the farmers that we have here that, yeah, they're not going to travel a super long distance to go to a meetup in like a, a couple hours away because it, they've, it's, it's enough of a hit to their productivity already to like leave the farm, drive 30 minutes down to the bar, hang out for a couple hours and then drive back. It's like, yeah, that's just out of the question when you're running something like a farm to just be gone for an entire afternoon. Dude, especially, dude, you see like something on the internet, like, and you drive, a, like I kind of dealt with this the first time I went to your meetup, right? It was like, is this really a thing? I'm driving, you know, 90 minutes. And <laughs> is this a scam? Sh- yeah. Might, people- I don't even know about a scam, but like I might just show up to some empty barn that doesn't exist. This like almost happened on Thursday at the Lancaster meetup because um, it was at a new location. And I did think to myself, hmm, is this really going to happen? And I drove out to it. And it was there was literally nothing there. It was an abandoned parking lot with a reader's water ice. But then I go closer, and there's a sign that they've moved. Now, I'll give those guys credit. They posted the correct address, but I typed the name of the bar into into my maps, and it took uh. me to the original place that was abandoned. Anyway, that's you know being having a real local place that people know they can go to, and there's not a lot of risk in showing up the first time to really vet and see if it's legit. And even if it's a place that has good food and good beer, it's even less risk because it's like, okay, if this place is, if this place, if if there's no meetup, I can at least, I don't know, I can at least hang out and get a good beer or something like that. So I'll just show up for the first time and see what happens. Um, The thing I really want in a meetup that I don't see happening in any any of the other ones. First of all, the majority of the meetups we have are hangs, which is great. I fucking love that, dude. Love hanging out with Bitcoiners and just talking, right? Um, the Bitcoin John is a little different. They have presenters, right? Yeah. So you actually don't really get to hang much, but we get to hang afterwards, you know? And that's that's that. But the, the format of the Bitcoin John is, you've been there, right? It's somebody mm-hmm. on stage presenting, right? Uh, and that's cool and that's totally differentiated because we don't have anything like that either the idea that i kind of had was more of like an open mic type of a meetup you don't have to perform maybe this draws on my experience as a comic but i love um a i like being able to present things that i'm working on and i feel like people might want that like people might want to be able to like, I have an idea, and I want to show it, right? I built something. I created a multi-sig. I created a hardware wallet. I wrote a song about Bitcoin. 
<laughs> and you want to I, present on it to people that might I be interested. I want to show it to people, yeah. yeah. Well, and and I, I want to share what I'm working on. Or, you know, like I wrote, I read Bitcoin is Venice and I want to like read one page of this that I actually think is an important thing to talk about. And you know you can get the time, right? Like we'll have a sign-up sheet and anybody who wants to do it, right, can get the time. So I, that's not going to happen the first time because I don't have this, like that's, you need a space, as you know, right? The, yeah. You can't just show up to a restaurant and have a space for that, right? So you need a dedicated space like what Bitcoin John does at Fergie's. You need a dedicated open mic space that can that can facilitate that. But that's the ultimate vision for me of the, uh, you know, of the meetup in my area. And then also like a real focus on orange peeling the area. Mm -hmm. Right. That immediately. So yeah, one, I've been uh, like the administrator of our uh, meetup group for like almost two years now. And some of the lessons I've learned about, managing effectively managing a bitcoiner meetup so so yeah definitely like the hangs have been the most successful of any of the meetups that we've put together um i i do like the idea like we've done a couple uh, we've done one or two small presentation things kind of like how the bitcoin john has presenters that are presenting to the audience and like that definitely works um i like your idea of the open mic um if but like for people like you could just do like just a, a circle of chairs or like a forum, an open forum kind of thing where anybody can talk. And then there's no, no like stage that anybody have to stand up and have their uh, stage fright moment potentially. Uh, but yeah, like we had one, we had one meetup where it was kind of just by the nature of how the room dynamic was, it was like we were sitting around the perimeter of room, everybody facing each other. So there wasn't like small groups, like a hang that inevitably people like splinter off and have their own conversations just because of this room was in a circle and we all sat in a circle. It, it turned into kind of an open forum thing where we went around and one person talked and we all introduced each other. It was a very, just, yeah, that's interesting the way that just changing the way that the chairs are in the room can change the event. Could potentially, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like the, other the, the meetup, the meetup that we had last night was at a local bar and it was, I mean, we had a couple tables outside that were, I mean, just a picnic tables. So it's just people sitting at picnic tables. But because it was a couple different tables, the whole group couldn't sit together. So the whole group was kind of mm. bifurcated, and that inevitably caused their like people to splinter off and have their own conversations, which isn't a bad thing. But it's just like being aware of like how meetups can go. Like I'm trying to be aware of the, of we're we're still trying to find our per, a, like a permanent location for the uh, for the area, and ultimately, like as I've mentioned before, I want to build the Bitcoin Embassy for Central Pennsylvania that is just a space devoted to, like for Bitcoin, and then that we can also have events at. And thinking about finding the right venue for that, I think that we've uh, I've I've located a place pretty near where I, I currently live that I think I'm going to. It's kind of it's a, the, it's kind of an event space. It's a uh, it's called the Carlisle Sports Emporium. If anybody wants to look it up on Google, Google Maps, it's like a place to, for families to go and have fun. There's a big arcade where you you can win uh, tickets and then go cash the tickets in for prizes. There's nice. go karts. There's um, there's laser tag. There's there's batting cage. It's that it's like that kind of place. But then also pretty in the last couple of years they added a new big barn. They they renovated a barn that was on the property and turned that into like a uh, place that they're hoping people will have. Um, wedding receptions and such. It's yeah. a, a, a very nice event space they put together, but I, I gather from driving past that it hasn't had that much business. So they're putting together like the week Saturdays at the barn, and what they're gonna do from like 2 p.m. till like 9 p.m. on Saturdays, they're going to have like the bar opens at 2 p.m. You can start buying drinks, and then the bar closes at 9 p.m. 
and during that time, I, th- I think like each each one's different from what I've seen looking at their calendar. But the general idea of what they're trying to do is they're going to have two musical acts that, and then it's just like the whole barn is open for people to come hang out in and do whatever they want. And then from um, like f- from three to five, and then from five from seven to nine, they'll have like each Saturday there'll be two different musical um, people playing. So it's like that sounds yeah. to me like this sounds like a perfect venue where we could ha- go in there and just okay well Saturdays are now from two to nine Bitcoin Saturdays at the barn and like we will have just an area that because it's new like there uh, there's not a lot of crowd in there so we could like just take a whole area of the barn for us and then other other things I've learned like so like going into Bitcoin there, there's always the same kind of comments from people attending Bitcoin meetups it's like the parking sucks or the food like there there's no food there's no drinks like we had to go elsewhere it's like those kind of things it's like so this place has awesome parking yeah. there's no shortage of parking it's right it's got interstate access so people can like drive the interstate here just hop off the interstate they're right at the location um, it's actually the, the intersection of two two intersections there's um, the turnpike and then there's 81 so it's two it's 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 got a lot of things going for it, but I'm gonna go take take the family and go scope this area out. But it, there's a real good possibility that uh, there's gonna be some Bitcoin events happening at the the barn right up the road from us. Yeah, I love so. it, dude. I love it. I can't wait to check it out. So uh, one, let me make one last point now on um, the open mic format and what I think it does for the meetup. So I think it turns your experience of the meetup into a full time like you go there for the one day and you show your wares or you're a participant, but then you spend the rest of the month working on whatever you're working on with the idea that you're going to get to perform it. So like, I think that's a really good point. I think the telegram does that too. I think so. Like our telegram is amazing, right? Where we, it's very active all day long. And now you've made it a 10 dimensional a multi-dimensional experience where we the have topics, the topics update to, to telegram yeah improve the the conversation a lot so i think the telegram helps really I, I think i definitely want to have a telegram experience for people i think that really helps and that helps make it a full-time like not not that it needs to be full-time but i like that it's not just one day and we forget about it that you're like as a performer i mean I'm, i've experienced this as a performer when you know you're going to get to perform for people you're you're just now there living in your head and you're practicing with them in mind and it makes it more of it makes it more part of your life it's like any progress is progress it's like walking forward like any one step forward is progress and like giving people an an incentive perhaps to make a little bit of progress per month just so they can report back to the, to the group and say, oh, yeah, this is what I've been doing with my project. That's, that, that is a great point that I hadn't considered. Giving people, yeah, having a regular event that they may be coming back to is just going to be just the slightest push at their back to help them continue to build for the space. Yeah, and then the other one is like there's, there are people, and I know this because of Orange Pill App because I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm becoming an OPA maxi as well. Um, I just love pinging people for the fuck of it, and people will ping me. But there are people like in the hills of central Pennsylvania that are just, you know, for some reason they know about these meetups, but they can't get it. To, they just don't care enough, right? There are, I believe, there will be people who the opportunity to just have an audience will compel them to get in their cars and come and come to a meetup to do that. Right. I, b- I bet you're totally right. Yeah, like so. There's like a group of people. There's like the ultra 
people, well, I guess it's not ultra people, but there, there's the, the people with the mindset of they want to go out and meet other Bitcoiners that are really compelled to, like, go to things like meetups and maybe even venture out, like, all the way to Miami to go to a conference or something. It's like not everybody, there's a, a huge amount of people that will never go to a con, like, they're going to be Bitcoiners, but they don't have any desire to travel to some city on, like, halfway across the continent to sit in a, to, to sit and listen to some stuff they could just watch on YouTube. So like that's, yeah. that is like a particular audience. And then, but it would be foolish of, of, of us as administrators who are trying to scale this out to as many people as possible. Like, I mean, we're, we're trying to save the world here. Um, it'd be foolish of, of us to just focus our attention on the people that are going to come out. Like just acknowledging that there's this other group of people out there that don't necess- aren't necessarily super social and don't want to come out to local events. E- even if it's just a small drive, like they're not going to come out, but they'll probably, they, they may have the interest in being in a, in a Telegram chat um, or like that that kind of conversation. The Telegram chat's really great because also because it. Um, well, I'll just say for myself, one of the reasons there's meetups. There's like an Allentown meetup. I have never tried to go to it. Like I'm not going to risk going to a place and then showing up and it being a shitcoin discussion or any you know I, like even for for three minutes you know right. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, like I wouldn't go 90 minutes to um, Carlisle if I thought I was going to get bogged down in a shitcoin conversation with somebody. Seriously, like it's just like. So being Bitcoin only, setting the tone in a Telegram, um, but also just you right being high signal. That Telegram helps if people think it's high signal, they'll go, and if people think maybe they get to perform for an audience that jives with their values, they might go too. I think uh, just just for talking about future planning, like so. I mean, so yeah, I'm gonna start looking at setting up uh, recurring events at the barn, and then next year, it's like it occurs to me, like, oh well, the having's coming next year. We got we got to plan some kind of having party. It's like depending yeah. on yeah, like if it's possible to have an event where like the having happens during the event, that'd be dope. But I mean, if it's like block eight hundred thousand that happens like two a.m. It's like, well, there's, it's one of those, it's like the Bitcoin network is kind of part of nature and you can't control it. It's just, you, we get to live with it. We get the privilege of living with it. And uh, yeah, if, if it works out, that would be neat to have a having party at the moment of having. Maybe BlackRock will figure out how to do that. <laughs> what, if they, they, sk- they turn on and turn off miners dynamically to try to get the block, the, the block to come out at the perfect moment? Well, they're going to invest a lot of money in a having party probably for their employees, right? So they're going to want to make, make sure it happens during that window. <laughs> That'll be it. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think even a, even a company like BlackRock, even a nation like the United States, I don't, I don't know. Like, they would have to spend years developing the resources to be able to influence the network just just that amount to try to guide a, block, a, a certain future block to come out at a predictable time. It's like, we can make guesses, but I mean, yeah, it's like the 10-minute the average. That, that's an interesting idea. The, the emergent, I like the emergent discovery of Bitcoin. But one of the reasons hyper Bitcoinization like isn't going to happen this year or next year is because people need to. It's just like people need to slowly realize that they can't control this thing, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's as stupid as like I want to have uh, the number. There's like a number. The number eight hundred ten thousand. I don't even know about the having right, but the number eight hundred ten thousand is a cool number, and I want to have a party when that flips. And then, you know, these companies realizing that there's just a simple exercise of trying to, like, I would like to have this block found within this two-hour time period, and I want to plan that, like, 
<laughs> a couple of weeks in advance or a year in advance. Like that, just that exercise that f- in futility mm. is really the um, you know like you need to get people into the quicksand, and then you need the quicksand to dry, right? That's how big. That's sort of. <laughs> I feel like that's how Bitcoin gets adopted, and it's for it's just going to be slow. So, yeah, I, I know you said you didn't want to talk about shit coins, but uh, what do you think of this fucking silver orb that people are looking at? It's not even on my radar. I just, you know, honestly ignore it. So, like, so if, I'm largely ignoring it, but, like, the part that I, I'm not ignoring is the part that, like, the hardware component of it. It's like, oh, that's it. So you guys built a physical device to facilitate your scam. Like, that's interesting. And it's interesting that it seems the Internet is, like, from what... So from what I can see from what the internet is saying, it's like people are lining up to have their irises scanned. But looking at the device, like that, that thing that is not an iris scanner. It looks like it has just a webcam built into it. So people are going like walking up to it, getting a picture taken of themselves, like a digital photo taken of themselves, which I would, which I'm going to speculate that then they, this, these, uh, the world coin is using these pictures as like the, uh, the random number generator hash input to generate, like they're only going to create wallets for people that get their picture taken, but it's not your iris. Like there's, that is not an iris scanner in no. any, yeah. So it's, it does e- what the seed sounder does, which is takes a, right? Takes a right. picture it's and generates a random a, key. It's just a, another method of rolling dice. That's all it is. It's a yeah. webcam to ca- to create entropy for them to have for the, the seed for their wallet software. So yeah, even like at every level, it's like, it's not what it appears. It's like, yeah. It's but just, yeah, it's a sad thing to see those lines, and it is whatever it is. What it is, um, I would say people are going to um, people will learn Bitcoin if people want. You know, like if people line line up, they think it's so in their interest to line up like this to get their fucking eye scanned. I think that, like, literally in the time you spend in that line, you could learn how cold storage works. Listen, I mean, it's nihilism. It's the same nihilism that causes people to do any other kind of shit coining. It's just like the life, the world sucks. Everything sucks. Maybe, maybe this will be the thing that makes it a little bit better. Um, but even that, like, it's just having. Was so, this like, sorry? So the context was that they thought they might get, they might get a little bit of the pre mine if they do this. Is that the idea? I don't know how the uh, so y- yeah. There must be I, some incentive. There's, right? It's definitely a pre mine. So <laughs> like the incentive is like the the concept is like well we're only going to have humans on this network because the only way to get onto the network and get some coins is if you quote unquote scan your iris and get, get a picture taken of yourself and like basically you have to go to one of their orb holders to create your wall. I, 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 we, let's not get into this to- the whole bunch, but yeah, like you have to go to one of them to create a wallet to get into the network. So like their idea, they're selling that as, oh, well, we're guaranteeing that only humans will be on this. This is robot-proof technology because only humans will ever be on here with it, the claim that like they, there's robots that are operating on the Bitcoin network, I suppose. Well, you know what? So you know what's interesting then about this? We weren't going to talk about this necessarily, but like this, um, the recent... Um, there been a bunch of there was a paper I guess written and then there been a bunch of podcasts. I think Cody Lowe has been doing a circuit on um, why Bitcoin and Lightning are going to be native currencies of AI. And mm-hmm. like if like who cares about humans, right? This is basically the whole world's going to operate on computers paying each other for data yeah, and services like that's a feature of bitcoin in my like, yeah. like it's not a not a bug that the computers are going to use a computer native currency 
and like at the basically where we are which is like the real long kind of a long tail of bear market right and mm-hmm. most of us are hodling pretty we, we got some diamond hands now lined up for the having but most of us weren't thinking about uh this ai use case we'll say a year ago right it's pretty cool and very bullish to um it just makes sense and like uh you know listening to odell talk about noster being sort of also now in the game of like there's going to be a native internet protocol like a native uh we'll say yeah a native communications protocol we'll just say and a native money protocol so you've noster and bitcoin essentially you know i think that's a reasonable idea to think that the um the use cases in ai will be um under the hood, utilizing Noster and Bitcoin. Yeah, the more I look at it, <laughs> yeah. the more it's like, how how do we how do we fix the problem? Like, the, so like as I, as I pondered, like what is what is the pro? Like, what is wrong with the world? Why is the world the way it is? The furthest upstream I can get with that question, I mean, other than the money's broken, the furthest upstream I can get with the what is wrong with the world question is that for whatever reason we have we built our civilization on the assumption of, of exponential growth. And all of our problems in society are downstream of that issue. And like that is essentially, that's the same. Like we, we have built our civilization on fiat currency that is ever expanding and must continue expanding at an exponential rate. So that like, that is the furthest upstream I can get of problems in the world and trying to scale that down. Trying to scale that down to like, okay, how, how do we fix these problems? I mean, okay. So Bitcoin fix the money, fix the world. Um, it's for, for a long time, like people have been, even now, like there's people will get involved in a government being like, we'll fix, we'll save the ship by voting in a better captain or like, we'll fix the system from inside. If only we got good people on the inside of whatever system you're, you're worried about. If only we got the right people at the helm of that system, we could fix the system. And like that hasn't worked for decades. It's just keeps people keep being corrupted and people, people keep following the monetary incentive they have presented to them and enter Bitcoin, okay, like, okay, we're not going to save the system from inside. We're going to have to build a fully parallel system that people can jump off to. Like, that's what's going on with Bitcoin. We're building a parallel system. Now, enter Noster. Like, we're, we're starting to build a fully parallel internet backbone that we can, like, this, this is potentially a alternative to, like, the, the centralized TL, um, TLS, um, SSL technology. I mean, Noster incorporates TLS SSL technology, but it's doing so in a completely parallel system that does not depend on any of the uh, previous gatekeepers that we have incorporated into the legacy internet. So yeah, so we're building that. Now, like, enter AI. And uh, so we have, like, the people, the, the legacy uses of AI, and then now we have, like, what, uh, what um, Matt is talking about with, uh, or not, not Matt, Svetsky is talking about using his uh, Spirit of Satoshi as a a parallel artificial like this is part of the parallel system that we're building and it's like more and more like people like every system i look at like okay how do we solve problem x the solution to problem x is not fixing it from the inside it's we've got to build a parallel culture we need to build parallel systems it's we need to exit the current system it's really like rapture level and apocalypse level stuff we need to leave behind the old world and build the, the kingdom of god or whatever the hell you want to call it well so i i like i love the problem you it's true like most I've really never heard anybody express a problem like you just did in terms of like yeah we think in terms of exponential growth. I mean I think that's part of the problem. It's it's not a problem. It is how we are, right? Biologically, 
we were created we're cre- all the time through exponential growth. That's right. what we it's are. Like, conquer the next hill. Conquer fact, the next. It's like the we're, only we're reason gonna... we even have the words exponential growth is because of what we observe in our self, right? But what we also have is a productive destru- destruction, right? We have a we have exponential growth. I think probably under a controlled set of rules with proper destruction. Okay. Well, and when we ran out of new land or new resources to go conquer and incorporate to continue the growth, like we were forced back. This has happened in the '70s. We were forced to start robbing from the right hand to pay the left hand to have the to have the appearance of growth in the absence of actual real growth. And we've been well, just maintaining that illus- illusory, fake fakeness of, oh yeah, we're growing. Don't worry well, about we it. Well, we think you know growth is not necessarily the purpose. Right, I guess that's part. Maybe part of the problem is we've become. Oh, that's a good point. Conditioned to think that we must grow for the hell of yeah. it. Like, I remember thinking of this. I remember when I, in my, uh, one of my old careers, when I was doing pensions, we had a client called Purdue Pharma. Um, most people know what that is. They heard created, of them. Yeah, right. But like, I remember um, a discussion once where they, the sentence was said, um, they were considered a growth company. Okay, so this is me like in 2003, uh, just trying to do asset allocation for their pension. But like just hearing the words, they're a growth company and and trying to like square that in my head. Like what they consider them? Do you think they have meetings? Like, how do we grow? Like, really? Like they sell fucking heroin. (laughs) Right. And this was like in 2003 when, you know. Yeah, this was before it, the whole the whole crisis of fentanyl and OxyContin. I think it turns out that they were a growth company, and that's how p- companies think and operate. And you know, there used to be this thing called a growth company, which just meant that it was more of a capital structure model. Like it just meant that you didn't pay a dividend and you didn't take on debt. Like you weren't like like a value company basically takes on debt and pays dividends, and it's just a different structure for how you pay your investors. We started taking the map became the territory. We started taking the thing literally, and it was became growth at all costs. Mm. Um, I remember at a similar time period, I was taking the CFA exams, and I remember learning of this concept of a sustainable growth rate. Right, there's a growth rate that's sustainable beyond which is not, and it's like you can kind of just do the math on a balance sheet and see that you can only grow the company can only grow a certain amount. Right, <laughs> it's just not like. There's like physics to it. Um, you know, so we have this idea of growth now. All, like now it's like ingrained in, it's ingrained in pretty much all human structures. Right, yeah. Grow. It's like, it's, the, although it's not, not in our families. We're not supposed to grow our families, but we're supposed to grow. Oh, fuck that. You know, I want as many kids as I can. We're supposed to grow our kingdom and all that. But like, so I think when we express this problem, right, it's that the growth is... I think the biological growth that gives us the idea of exponentiation to begin with is controlled in a way we don't understand, right? And we don't maybe think about it. So we're just left with, oh, we got to grow. So there's a controlled piece that's maybe missing from our thinking. Clearly in a fiat world in 2023, right, 50 years post-1971 and 110 years since, um, you know, 1913, right? We we don't think about controlled growth or that it has to be based on anything, any kind of control at all, right? And we don't think about the destruction at all. In fact, we just think we can just grow more in an uncontrolled way to 
avoid the destruction, right? Um, Bitcoin, I believe, comes in and maybe even Noster, <laughs> right? It, it, a, clearly the scarcity of it puts control on the growth. And, you know, I guess it's like the hard money people, right? They're just like, let, you know, let things get destroyed. You have to let things get destroyed. Otherwise, you know, otherwise we have cancer. Yeah, you got to let zombie companies fall over and die. You can't keep them, you can't keep stringing them along and propping them up. Everybody talks about the forest fires, how they're way worse if we don't, you know, if we don't let them burn, right? We don't let, like, yeah. the, the underbrush and all that burn. Like, there's a lot of examples. We are well aware of where we are in this problem, right? I think it's cool to think about it this way. And the other one, and you talk about Svetsky, um, like, it was his words when I first got into Bitcoin that I locked into, like that this dude's a signal kind of machine that human beings are really bad at actually thinking about exponential problems. We really can only think linearly. And um, we, you know, we will confuse, um, we'll get very confused trying to solve complex problems. And if you think of exponential, that's just... um, a higher order of linear. Um, it's a special higher order, but it's just, just a, it just means a higher order. It means it's more complicated than one factor, right? Linear means like I have I have a problem that has one factor, and I can if I solve that factor, I can solve that problem, right? But we live in complex systems where maybe there's two factors and maybe they interact, right? Maybe there's three prop three factors and they all interact, and so there's now six levels of interaction and. and as as the as the system grows, it gets more complicated. But we have a very um, poor ability to think really beyond linearly. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, right. So yeah, just be yeah. So we've based the the problem of like we've based our system on the assumption of growth. But yeah, like thinking about exponential growth, like me personally, like yeah, I, I have a really hard time wrapping my mind around exponential growths. Um, and now, so so measuring the prog- the progress of our of our species in any type of growth, I, I think, is a downstream byproduct of the, of measuring u- using a meter stick, which is changing length to do the measuring. Uh, it's like right. now, enter this is bit- weaponized. This is weaponized against us now. So the powers yeah. that we understand that we d- we will confuse a complex system for a simple linear system, and then yes. they will. They will do things like um, make models where carbon is the control knob for the for the entire climate of the world. Things like that, or models like um, if we don't lock down for two weeks, we're going to have two and a half million COVID deaths based on this linear model. Yeah, these <laughs> that, abstract numbers they, so they, they throw together. They know we're going to buy it. They know that people can't control them. So they can't think in this dimension. They can't criticize it. They don't have the ability to actually um, interrupt <laughs> you know, the interpretation of these models, and they're using it definitely to control us. So we are now... Th- th- this this mismatch this not inability to understand complex systems is actually being weaponized against us and this is like where like why i thought svetsky and the spirit of satoshi model right you hear him talk about it he completely gets that um 
even if you, he, first of all, he understands machine learning and he understands that there are complex systems and we can't, you know, we can't model them linearly. You have to, but you have to under, you know, you have to try to model the whole system. But you can overfit a complex system, and then when you try to present it out of sample, it doesn't work. Has right. no predictive power. Yeah, Dis- we discussed this in hodling is a human action, and why when AI tries to fit their data set around a bunch of NPCs, who they're more likely to those those AIs are more likely to validate themselves around NPCs who they actually shaped they actually shaped instead of Bitcoiners, right? And Svetsky is coming in and saying we have to produce this data set from scratch. We have to redo it from nothing. We cannot rely on the information that's out there. Um, and I think that is huge and very high signal. And I dare you, I challenge you to go out in the world and find anyone building or getting funding for an AI project that is saying, well, I also have to rebuild the data set from zero. So his idea with Spirit of Satoshi is that this would be like the ultimate orange pilling application. Is that is that did I read that right? I think that's I think that's a part of it, right? I think that's his selling point. I think right now that's his little Shark Tank pitch, right? Yeah. For, for how to get funding for it, right? And I think that's probably an outcome, certainly of it. But I think it's just like having. Um, I don't. I mean, I wonder. Like, I, I do think you don't scale Bitcoin in hand-to-hand combat right now, right? Well, that's what—that's the best tool we have right now is all of us going out and being the social layer ourselves and trying to spread it. But yeah, like the idea of entering, having a algorithmic tool that could assist us with that fight and take some of the load off of our shoulders, that would be useful, I guess. But that, that's that, just, so yeah. having, even having that tool, I mean, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make a drink. How do you get a no-coiner to interact with an algorithm, you know, like, so like this algorithm theoretically would be better at reading the person that it's interacting with to figure out how best to guide them in their. I don't orange. know about that. I, I think it's more about knowing, like, how do you build an AI that actually has Bitcoin signal? Like, so I'm, you know, I got into Bitcoin much more recently. So my experience of trying to Google, <laughs> you know, how do I buy Bitcoin? You get a lot per- of. In, inaccurate results. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, I even knew it at the time, right? And it's like I'm, you know, thankful that I quickly found, you know, found the signal pretty quickly, right? I was able to kind of like, you know, avoid. You, you figured it falling, out faster than I did. Falling in the traps there, but like, it's pretty, it's pretty rough, right? If you try to get some, you know, you really want somebody to, um, you know, you put the little earworm. I mean, that's basically what what human beings can do for each other in me space is. Put the earworm in, right? Make get people thinking about it. Challenge their views of the world, and then ch- you know, hope to make a difference enough that they go on their own and start looking into it. And it's at that moment that you want them to go to a high signal place. Man, so I just so you were you were in Hawaii while you were in Hawaii. It lined up pretty well with my schedule because like my whole family was came and visited during that time. So it was like I wasn't really available to do anything anyway. So it was perfect that you were, you were unavailable at the same time I was unavailable. But so like my my parents were down here and my brother and his wife and his two daughters were visiting from Taiwan. And birds they, and drones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The birds and <laughs> the, the bird, so we had a lot of there, there were a lot of conversations between my brother and I that we typically don't have. Like we don't really chat all that much outside of unless we're in person. And so, yeah, there was like 
I go in, I go alternate in waves. It's like I must tell everybody about Bitcoin, and then like, well, fuck it. And then it's like the other side of that. It's like fuck everyone. It's like I'm like they'll figure it out for themselves. And so while he was here, I was like, well, I can't not like just in the in the. I mean, you've you've been around Bitcoiners. Just in the any conversation because money touches everything. So any conversation inevitably a Bitcoiner brings back to Bitcoin. It's like to to the great annoyance of everybody else who's not, who's a no coiner. Um, so inevitably, that I mean, they they come. They're going to live at my house. Well, like the house has Bitcoin miners in the basement. My, op- I mean, you've seen my office. This it's for, like the whole house just reeks of Bitcoin. So inevitably, <laughs> like we're going to talk about Bitcoin, and this place reeks of Bitcoin, man. Jeez. Yeah, it, it really does, man. It smells like Bitcoin <laughs> in the best way. The but so for for a no coiner, like especially like a family member of a no coiner, like that was super um, abrasive to him. I think. And mm. at one point, it, it got to the point where, like, the, there was, he, he got up and kind of, um, sto- it was, it was kind of like the, the, the moment of, like, that every, I don't know, it's, it's, it felt kind of rehearsed, but it's like, he, he, he disagreed with something, so, like, he got up to, to leave and just exit the conversation, but, you know, like, you pause at the door so you can have, say something like the slammer poignant thing, and then you exit, and it was like all that, like, the, the rehearse and, like, the choreography of what he did was very clear, like, oh, I've seen this before. Like, this was this is something that was planned. But the words, like, none, none of the words were effective that he used because, I mean, Bitcoiners have thought of all this stuff. So it's like, you're not going to come with a new argument that Bitcoiners haven't considered before. So inevitably, it came down to, like, his aggravation was that his younger brother is acting like a know-it-all who has all the answers, who is just, like, every time he brings up, like, something, yeah, well, have you thought about this? It's like, yeah, I have thought about that. And let, let me tell you about like what I have thought about that and why I have decided to go a different direction. And so that... Yep. The quicksand so, has not settled the in. The quicksand has not settled in yet. So Wait. yeah, this being the, like, the best orange pilling that I have found I'm able to do is, I mean, again, we've talked about this before, is being the best version, like living your life so excellently that people like, what the hell is different about that person? And so... Right. And which they have is to accept- really abrasive to people that have known you your entire life. And all of a sudden you make this massive change in your life and your life is going great. It's like the people that haven't made massive changes and the people that are still miserable, that sucks for them. So yeah, misery loves company. You do know it all. You do know it all. I mean, not that you're, you're you know, we stay humble and stack sats, but we know a lot. That's the, real- you speak from truth. And it like, and- if, if we're going to talk about a thing that I know about, then yeah, I'm going to speak. But like, I've learned enough about certain areas that I I won't speak about areas that I don't. I, I, that's not true. I, I, I try not to speak about areas that I don't have that kind of knowledge about now. Look at that. Let me give you an analogy from my comedy days, okay? And just because I think it'll make sense, family dynamics, okay? Uh, I, you know, people know I was a stand-up comedian. Not successful, but you know, I did it. Got to start and somewhere. I was respected, I think, in my open mic community and all that. And, uh, I can confidently say that I was funny. I am funny when I want to be. Before I did comedy, I used to have to be funny for a variety of reasons, but I can confidently say I know funny and all that, right? There is a formula. Fun- now, one of the ways you know you're funny is that everyone in your life in- will insist you're not funny, okay? Because if they relent even an inch, the power you have over them is kind of ridiculous. Like... <laughs> They know that. They, they, you know it. They know it. They can never. They never want to encourage you. They never want. You know, like don't encourage him. You know. Yeah. Like if anybody even like laughs or creaks a laugh at something, your daughter rolls her eyes at you as you. Yeah, dad humor. Don't encourage of, him. Right. Don't encourage him. Don't. I mean, I'm speaking right now from the perspective of like my parents and my friends. I used to have a joke where I said, 
whenever I write a new joke, I immediately tell one of my family members so that I know exactly what it sounds like when nobody laughs. Okay. <laughs> the, your family needs to maintain dynamics. Okay. Um, and so your little brother, little bro, bro, stay in your lane, bro. Right. And it's okay. Right. It's just like, I think it's just part of like a normal dynamic. Right. But like this idea, you know, unfortunately, if it's true that you're funny, you sort of just, you you, you learn to never give a shit. You, you understand your family. You're like, I get it. Like they're just trying to live with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and in this Bitcoin game, it's not even the Bitcoin game. This is what I, I had a lot of discussions about this on on um, Thursday night at the Lancaster meetup. And I have a funny story. I'd like an orange peeling story that we saw play out in real time, which is fucking hilarious. But um, there's this idea that it's not like you're, it's not even that you're sharing Bitcoin. You're really part of it. The majority of it is deconstructing people's fiat dreams. <laughs> right. It's almost hmm. like, and Don't we have- had this whole conversation, is it the black pill? And I was like, you guys got to listen to the episode, black pilling your dad. Um, and cause that's what it is. It's like, dude, your retirement, fuck it. It's, it's bullshit. Right. It's, everything about a Bitcoiner's yeah. life is your money is in the front, bank is an yes. affront to a no coiner. Like I am that's right. living my life in a way that I am betting that your life is going to fail because of the way <laughs> I'm living my life. And right. yeah, for, for somebody who's betting on a retirement, that's brutal. <laughs> that's like, how dare you even think of it like that? And then you don't have the tool of comedy to sort of anesthetize the pain of what you're really, really saying. And this is like why, like orange pilling, I think is really serious business, even though we tend not to talk about it that way. It's like a serious thing. You're almost murdering somebody. Yes. I, I, and I feel like when we, if we really care about people, we really got to kind of take account for the fact that like when we do, like I want to deconstruct these things because I love these people. Like I don't want them to spend, to wake up one day and realize they spent their entire fucking life chasing something that, a fantasy, right? Yeah, right. If you love somebody, yeah, you want to see the best, everything the best for them in but their like, lives. The most tragic thing I can personally think, I know we're all different, okay? But the most tragic thing I can think of for somebody I care about is that they really regret how they spent their life. And if I know already that they're chasing certain mirages, I want to point that out to them, even if I'm the messenger and they hate me for it. Yeah. Right. right. Like your money is not your money. No, I mean, that's that's my ultimate goal with, I mean, with everything, like li- living the Bitcoin or life is that a lot of people aren't going to get me. They're like, that person's crazy, that they're not living the, by the same standards as us. But ultimately, like, my mindset is like, okay, ultimately, they're going to get me. They're going to realize in five, 10 years, like, oh, he, this is one of the most genuine good people that I've ever encountered. This is leadership, dude. This is, and I, maybe I'm, I have an advantage just because I'm older. I get it, right? But this is leadership. I mean, really, this is what leadership is. And leadership sucks. Yeah, okay? it does. Leadership sucks for the leader. Most, you know, look, there's a time, there's a reason why these guys got murdered. Okay. Um, you're telling people things they don't like. And you don't really have any evidence, you know, other than 
the sum total of the time you've spent learning. Right. This. Yeah. Your evidence is the research that you have done and you can and, never just dump that on somebody else. They have to do their own. And while, you know, one of the things human beings are really bad at, like we're bad at, you know, seeing beyond linear problems, we're also really bad at seeing the work that people do, right? We just see the people show up and decide what their expertise is. We don't see that every morning they spend fucking two hours reading and grinding. And we don't see the time people spend really becoming who they are. Right. right? And um, so it's very hard to, it's just very hard to, to be, to give leadership to these people and to get beat up for it. For an inde- and that's you kind of accept that that's your life. It's like walking the Bitcoiners path. Like it's not an easy path. There's easy parts of it, but it's. I mean, it's one of those things. That, like I mean, you have nobody can nobody can tell you that this is what you're going to do with your life. You have to decide that this is the path that makes the most sense, and you're going to walk it. And once I mean, it's like when you're going through hell. Like when you, when you're walking through the valley of death, keep walking. Like don't don't stop. Like it gets back to what we were talking about. Any any progress is progress. It's like as but just like keep walking, keep moving don't give up on it and so like, i think that's one of the ultimate reasons why these like meetups and the telegram groups and like, the social layer of bitcoin is so important is because Bit- bitcoin is still so young and so new that most of us you're, you're not going to run into somebody else just in your day-to-day life that's right it's and lonely out there dude it's, it's lonely. really lonely. yeah it's because al- it's a very alienating existence this is why having personal integrity is so important no one because it's like you're you know, now you and I and people in this space who are choosing leadership, right? And not like, I guarantee you when I said leadership, people like think of a shit coiner's view of leadership, like, or an entrepreneur or like, you know, hey, um, leading a company or some shit like that. No, it's just like standing your ground and having a strong view of, um, strong view of something in your life and speaking truth, insisting that people can hear where you're coming from and that you want they don't, you don't need them to agree with you but you need them to know where you're coming from and that you have conviction in this right and it's leadership yeah like right? i i stand on i may not stand on your foundation but i stand on a very solid foundation that ultimately is going to prove like your foundation is built on sand my foundation is built on stone that's right and it's very alienating and it's that's why maybe why i'm such a meetup maximalist um so quick funny story from yeah i want to hear, I hear from this, the meetup. this story so there's a guy you definitely know him he okay. comes to the he goes to the central pa meetup it's great great dude um and um you, you definitely know he's the guy that um i would say he comes to the meetups and he cares a lot about bitcoin uh, but he's very uns- he's I would call him unserious, you know. Okay. And so it's fine, right? Yeah. It's just people's styles, right? He's walking we, his path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're sitting around. We're sitting at this uh, bar, and um, it's more like it's it's like an open space. We're sitting next to the bathroom, and some guy comes walking to the bathroom that he knows. He's like, "Hey," right? He starts to recognize him, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing? You know, what's up?" Blah blah blah, right? And he goes, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And he's like, oh, "I'm here for a Bitcoin meetup." He's like, oh, what's the price at these days? And the, his immediate answer was, it doesn't matter, right? And the guy walks in the bathroom, and I go, Excellent. dude. I, but I, I, basically, I had a reaction to that answer. 
I was like, dude, it's so true that it doesn't matter. But like, that's like a weak answer. It's kind of like, it's like, uh, you know, how many dudes are your wife banging these days? It doesn't matter. You know, like, don't focus on that. You know, I was like, we got to come up with a better answer than it doesn't matter. Right. Because it sounds so defensive. It sounded so defensive. Like, ah, it doesn't matter. You know, like it matters to that guy. Yeah. Right? Like, what would be a good answer for a no coiner? It's like, but it's, it's like, like such a weird circumstance. Like, is that the circumstance to like start orange peel? But dude, he like, when the guy came out of the bathroom, he's like wanted to know again what the price was, <laughs> and he's like, he then he come in, he came in with another body blow. He goes, dude, it's freedom money. I was like, fuck, that was good. Because mm. he, he was like, really? It's freedom money? Was that? He's like, that's true. That's true. And I was like, oh, dude, yeah, you got, you definitely hit on something. But it's like, I feel like these conversations should be more intimate and more, uh, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But yeah, like, they should be more, uh, I don't like this drive by orange I mean, pilling. It's, it's like the concept of like your five minute <laughs> elevator speech. It's like s- sometimes, like, the only interaction you're going to have with somebody is, yeah, like, just as they pass, you go into the bathroom. And it's like, yeah, it's not optimal, but I mean, like, if that's... Drive-by orange pilling. I don't know, dude. It's like, it's rough. I mean, I guess it was yeah. rough to witness because, like, you know, I, I really like this guy. And I think, like, like there's something about him, like, you know he cares, like, so much about, like, he wants people to be... He wants people on this ride with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, so much that he's willing to just do the... He'll take a drive-by if he can, right? It's like, I, that's cool. You know? <laughs> um... But I just thought it was just whole, it was really funny, dude. When he just, the way he said it doesn't matter, it sounded so it just sounded weak. It didn't I mean, sound a, like the strong way, like you know, like he wasn't going to convince this guy right now about how price doesn't matter, right? It right. was just funny. It was just very funny. We I ended up referring answer, to it, yeah. At a Bitcoin meetup a few years back, um, like one of the last things we did was we were going around the table and everybody was like they wanted to know like what what do you think the price of Bitcoin's going to be in 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 a year from now. And everybody was everybody was giving their 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 crazy answers, and I my answer I was the last one. My answer was like, well, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin, and which is kind of like a a waffly. It's kind of kind of the same kind of weak answer. Like I I didn't know, so I was like, whatever. I'm just gonna get out of the question. But like that kind of answer can work if you're talking to Bitcoiners. But like that's the same like if you're if somebody like a, a no coiner asks you that question and asks your answer, I mean you're just that's like it's a confusing answer. It's a non-answer to them. It's the only answer for a Bitcoiner. Like I am, if you are a Bitcoiner and you like truly care about price action, then you're you're not that useful to me in the world I'm building. So I want to, you know, I, I want to give you that point of view, right? I want to. That's it's exactly what I want to tell you. Yeah. It's like like I when I was in my uh, you know like when I was woke deranged, I would have a very different answer for. A certain question about racism <laughs> based on whether or not you were also woke deranged or whether you were anti-woke well, you had like the party line you, you had right? to maintain the cult line so it was like you would repeat what you had been told to, t- to repeat but it does matter who's asking the question always it always matters who's asking the question yeah right i mean i feel like if a no corner asked me what the price was i would just tell him twenty nine thousand three hundred. i think the last time i checked i rarely check but like you know, I think we're around twenty nine thirty k. I rarely. I mean, I would rather him know that I rarely check, right? And have him wonder. That's weird. That's a good way. To, I mean, yeah, just give him the data and be like, I, I have. It's around thirty k. I don't know what it is currently. It's around right around there. 
I didn't have the presence of mind at the meetup to say that or to tell you know to say that's what I would say. But this uh, is what after thinking every, about it after you yeah. have any interaction, like any interaction where you're potentially like orange pilling somebody. Yeah, it's like you're gonna play it over in your brain for the next 48, 72 hours. Like, man, I could have done this better. The, the the question is yeah can can you internalize these lessons you learn as you're doing them and then execute on them next time that's that's the real operative question like are we getting any better at orange pilling I agree but and I also think that we need to disabuse each other of any notions of shit coining as well because I think that's part of what some people will draw on is well what worked. When I was, I'm gonna pick on this. I'm gonna pick on the guy now a little bit. But he was like, "Well, it worked when I was doing Litecoin. Was the you know this notion of community and all this stuff." And I feel like I want to. This is where like I kind of like when I realize I really like the guy. I want to like just hammer him with and just total disabuse. Um, like those are we. Those are definitely working against us. I think. I, I feel like um, trying to say trying to trying to say well you know what worked. What, what worked for any other type of thing that's not Bitcoin is absolutely, yeah. I think, irrelevant and bad signal, in my opinion. And so and I, that's when I become the dick. And but again, it's like being. So this is when I go to meet. I go to meetups. I exercise leadership, and I alienate myself even more <laughs> because these are the people. These are like now my people, and they're pissed at me. Yeah, it's like right? it's, you can talk about shit coins. Like from the perspective of they're all shit coins, but I mean, it's kind of like like we talked about last week. Like I was like, there's lessons to learn from three three letter. Like you can learn lessons from your enemies. It's like it's like there's definitely lessons to learn from shit coins for bitcoiners. But yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, I agree. Like I'm, I don't want to. It's not it, talking about shit. Like it's one thing to talk about shit coiners like within like the the converted the 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 people like talking about. It's like talking about preaching to the choir. Like it's. People that know that you're not advocating. I don't know. It's, 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 I, I need you know to what? think about it more. Here's a good framework. And it's a framework I've used in other areas of my life with regard to like kind of leadership and taking a stand. There are two, I think there's two types of people you find in a movement. You have people who want to meet people where they are and who are good at that, right? And then you have standard bearers who are mm-hmm. like, okay. You can know, who, and you know who those guys are, and they're the, like they're really there's probably they probably the people who meet people where they are outnumber the standard bearers probably by a thousand to one, right? And I think people who meet people, I'm a standard bearer, so I tend to, um, I understand, I like that those people exist, the meet people where you are, but I tend to think that they're fucking weak and and they have reasons why you know, but we need those people. So I recently posted this about. Peter McCormack, who's on this mission to, um, he's on this shitcoin mission, I feel like, to find his next grift. And yeah, like he's had plenty me. of time to figure Bitcoin out, and the but fact that he hasn't is an indicator this, of something. This whole thing with Argentina and they want to use Tron to whatever, it's, it's like, dude, I get, like, he's really good at meeting people where they are, and this is exactly the point he's making. Like, I'm. I'm in a place and this is what they want, right? But then these people, so, but I am a standard bearer and I'm going to like call out the fact that, dude, you're not posting thing. You're not posting, um, here's what's possible for these people if we actually show them how to be Bitcoin only. He's not, he's not going through that. He's trying to invalidate 
the standard bearers. Right. And so the people who do meet people where they are, you got to watch out for. And this is why I, I like, you know, I like Corey and I like Swan, but I'm like watching out for him because I'm standard bearer. Right. I'm like, these guys are going to meet people where they are, but we have to like watch these dudes. <laughs> you know, if you're a standard bearer, you got to watch these dudes. Right. And I'm not going to put Corey in the same class as Peter McCormack, but, you know, they have similar incentives because they both have existing businesses that rely on their current funding. That's just it's just a fact, right? So I've got to think about this. Yeah, the the standard bearers. I like the it's like the the priest class and like this the the, the faithful kind of. But it's very alienating to be a standard bearer. Yeah, it is. I think that's that's. I think you just nailed why my brother was so put off by me is because I was appro- I, I approach things from that perspective now. Like I have these standards, and whenever the world does not meet my standards, I am not shy about pointing it out. That's right. And people who are people who are good at meeting people where they at, they have a code. They that that's how they want to be treated, <laughs> they, right? That they want to be met where they're at. Okay, they believe that's the correct moral way. That people should approach them. So when they run into a standard bearer, right? And then you know, the worst is when all of a sudden you're like, well, who the fuck are you to be a standard bearer now? Yeah, you know? right. It's like, like, it's like the, somebody my family in your knows li- the, yeah. personal, the personal version of me. It's not the public, but they know the personal version of me. So yeah, they've seen who I was before and who I am now. So so for my parents who've had time to, to transition, we have a great a great relationship now, like an adult level relationship back and forth. But for my yeah. brother, who's been on the other side of the planet, he's like, he comes back and I'm a different person now. There's that's yeah. That's right. Friction. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Who are you to, to be bear standards on me to have these opinions <laughs> about these things that I'm that the, the way I'm saving the way I'm preparing the, for the future. Like who are you to have these opinions about all these like core decisions of my life? Totally. Totally. Yeah. You are just, you know, you don't even have a job. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, who? Are, that was deciding. <laughs> and it, we'll have to have a conversation about that. It's like, like you have to decide they you, dude. what They'll your target you. is. Yeah, like I, I have that, but it's like fortunately I'm to the point. Like I, I don't need a legacy job, so I don't have a legacy job. Um, but yeah, the uh, coming to the point of setting a target. Like you can't make progress towards whatever your your goal in the future is until you set yourself a target. If you're just stumbling around in the dark, you're not going to make any progress. You're going backwards, you're going forwards, you're going left and right. But like at some point, I think it was 2015 was when I gave myself the target. Like I want to be successful. All of these check boxes that my parents gave me when I was a kid, I want to meet all all of them so my parents can't hold shit over me. It's like, "Hey, guess That's what?" Right. I have I have a very successful happy marriage. I have very happy children that love me very much. I like I have like my, my wife loves me. I have a house like that that we own. It's like I all of these I, I had a, I had a job where I made more than both my parents combined. It's like I so I met all of these standards that my parents had put down for me, but then I, on top of that, it's like I also don't like I don't want to have to work for a third party. I want to be able to have the freedom to get out there and exist in the world on my own. Yeah. On my own standards, and, and who like, the fuck are you to want freedom? And I mean, after I right, yeah, who who am I? Who was I? I was nobody. I was I was a fucking shit coiner who didn't have any idea about the world. But giving myself, okay, this is the target that I am now going to work towards. It's like that allowed me, that put me on the path to become a to become a bitcoiner, to discover the signal of bitcoiner, and realize, oh, not only do I want these things, but there's a way to get there. 
And that was what Bitcoin offered me. Yeah, so people realizing you're for real, and this is as a standard bearer, people realizing you're for real is a yeah. long process. It's a long process. It takes a long time. And so maybe maybe I don't like the term orange pill because pills like a pharmaceutical thing that's supposed to have an instantaneous reaction. And maybe it's a black pill with an orange seed. And it's an orange seed that we just know is going to take time to grow. It's going to take time for your brother and my sister and my parents to really accept the growth that we have. It takes a while for them to catch up. You know, they get the light that our star gave off years ago when we were dicks. Yeah. And it's going to take a while. And maybe it's just like, it's, but it's, it's, it, is, it is a black pill. Like, you know, all your models are broken. But with an orange seed, like, I want this to grow, but it's you're going to be the one that cultivates it and grows it. And I don't think you can, I think an orange seed with a black pill doesn't grow. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. You've so got, you you've got to burn the existing field down first before you can plant something new. You can't be caught up in, in being liked. Like, that's, you know, you can't be an effective leader if you're caught up in being liked. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. So you got to be willing to throw the haymakers, but you have to, you know, again, you, you got to care about people and you, you know, maybe it's more than this too. Maybe there's a black pill and orange seed and like some notion of love that you are stand for and you're going to stay in this person's life until, you know, till the end. And it comes down to truth and love. That's, that's what really what it is. That's like the people that, the people that I surround myself, like, if they, as they come out as not being truthful, like they are going to get separated from me. And the same, the people that approach that approach their relationship with me, like not from a loving point, like okay, you're going to get relegated to the public. Like you're going to be held at arm's length. You're never going to get into my inner circle. And for people that are already like your family is in your inner circle, whether you want them to be or not, that's that's what family is. And so yeah, as as we change, as Bitcoin, as we walk our Bitcoin paths and we're transformed. It's like it's a path for us, but I mean, it's a path for like, people are going to see you walking the path, and how you handle it, like, or really show. I mean, yeah, it, it shows the your internal value structure, and so yeah, it's like letting the light shine through you. Like, are you gonna are you gonna base yourself around wanting to be liked? Are you going to like flex with the wind as the wind blows? Oh well, we like X. Are you gonna like X just because everybody does, or are are you gonna build yourself on something more solid than that? It's like that's. That's what I talk about building parallel societies. I mean, it's, it's a completely different paradigm of how to structure your life. It's like, no wonder. It's like we're building a new, a new society, a new species almost. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's absolutely right. And so, you know, maybe the bottom line for this episode, we didn't think it would get here, but like meet space. Um, it's lonely out there. So, you know, let's like, I can't wait to launch my meetup. I can't wait to build the community in my town and I can't wait to in inevitably alienate people in my Bitcoin meetup with my, with my views. And then, you know, it, it's like, it can, it's like we select the standard bearers end up finding each other and select for each other. And that's just like why we do this is to create another experiment so we can find more, more standard bearers. And you know what? It's like, there's also people that want to be led. And that's when you think about back to the meetups, right? I see so many people that just want to be led and it's beautiful, right? Yeah. And then, they, you know, at some point they are going to decide whether or not they're standard bearers or, you know, 
you know, we fight the standard bearers, man. Fucking sometimes we, dude. There's people like on our Telegram, Central VA, that we so we're like not. It's like mean and shit. Like we're just like not. It's actually not cool. But there's it's like, definitely so one attention. That's, that's the life. This is the life of a standard bearer, and um, we find each other, and we also it's like lead follower get out of the way. You know, there's, there's a certain certain value there in Bitcoin. I think you got to be if you you know you're a standard bearer, and we know that's why I love Svetsky. I believe I see him as a standard bearer, right? Um, we need the people, we need the Corys and the Peter McCormacks who meet people where they're at and want to do that. We need those guys, but we got to watch them. Part of and being got, a Bitcoiner is realizing that there is a fight to be fought, and like you're not if you're not willing to stand up and participate in that fight for a better future. I mean, you're not a you're not a Bitcoiner. You're something else. So yeah, totally. I mean. He, so standard bearers, like we need officers, we need leaders, we need officers. But like the beautiful, the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is it's bottom up, it's not top down. So it's like these are people that like the standard bearers will self-identify, and not not everybody is going to be a standard bearer. I mean, like we need common foot soldiers just like every other fight. I mean, some a lot of standard bearers are wrong. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's true that true. That's a good just point. The way it goes, right? So that's why we need the network effect. We need work. We need proof of work. Right, and then eventually, the longest chain will win among the standard bearer. We'll select, you know, we'll select the ones that we think are providing signal, and that's, you know, when I work every day, I'm like literally thinking about the other standard bearers that are fighting with me, that are just calling bullshit on my ability to, to do what I do. I think about them, and I'm like, I'm going to do the work. Every goddamn day, I'm going to do the work. No! 
Set those 